Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our scenario is entitled Homecoming. It was written by Thomas McKeon, who is also our game master. Uh, this is episode six, and Jeff Wilkins will be giving the recap as his character, Tommy Anderson. So, without further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Jeff? Thanks, Tom. As I lay in bed tonight with my head spinning a little bit from too much whiskey from the Idols Jazz Club, I find myself again wondering, what have I got myself into? It was the kind of day that really makes you question what sort of person was. I originally decided to go on this adventure because a strange person on the phone offered me some money. Times are tough now, and anyone who's willing to pay me for something, including a trip to New York City, is an opportunity I couldn't pass up. I hope Mr. Farley at the grocery store will understand when I finally get home and he gives me my old job back. But it makes me question, am I willing to do anything for the sake of money? We've been hired by these two nice women to investigate the disappearance of Samantha's husband, Timothy. Timothy's sister is a bit gruff, but overall she's been polite and professional to us all. And yet after today, I spent most of the day listening to some really crazy theories and a bunch of bickering over how to ask a question without upsetting someone. I can't help to think that the Tuckers are throwing the money away. We're supposed to be investigating. With two accomplished private detectives, plus the other one, Finley, you'd think we'd solve this thing in a matter of a day or so. I had to ask the group, isn't it normal to start where there was a person where the person was last seen? And yet that idea was ignored, and we're asking the local grocery store clerk about his whereabouts while ordering sandwiches, which were good, by the way. We didn't speak to one person today until late at night when we went to the jazz club. The bartender just confirmed that we, what we already knew, and that Arthur is just a little bit loony, as he likes to talk to himself as he hears voices. The group's going on about some weird book that was in Timothy's possession, something about ancient Egypt or ancient religions. Professor Thompson spent all day studying it, and yet how that brings us closer to finding Timothy, I don't know. God forbid that Timothy had a copy of Treasure Island, for I fear we'd be on a boat right now sailing the seas. In the evening, Mr. Epstein got a phone call from Bethany. After hanging up the phone, he thought maybe she was in trouble of some kind. So he rushed over there and everything was fine. I can't help but wonder if Mr. Epstein just wanted an excuse to see her. I think he's got a crush on her. After that, on the long car ride home, the group was arguing about Mr. Hawk's insensitive question about Bethany's mother and father's first name. It got so tedious listening to the bickering that William and I ended up playing tic-tac-toe in his journal that he carries around. I feel bad for roping William into all this as well, but hey, he's getting paid too, and so far he hasn't said anything yet. There's talk of trying to break into, uh, break into where Mr. Timothy works in the city. I don't know. Why do they need to disguise and talk of breaking in at night when we can simply just ask to speak to someone, a friend, a coworker? If it were, if it were one of my friends that, that had gone missing, I wouldn't mind talking to Private Eye and try to give them the information that would be useful in finding them. A person with lesser morals might see a family on the brink of falling apart due to grief, possible mental problems. They've been through a lot. And yet I wonder, am I that kind of person who would exploit the situation, make some money knowing this guy, Timothy, just probably left the mess behind and went off to start a new life with his mistress? These are the thoughts that run through my mind as I seem to make tea all the time. We shall see. 
a very accurate representative representation of last episode from the mind of Tom. Right. From the from the mind of Tommy. Um, Hawk. Mm-hmm. It's late. It's April seventh. Um, it's about. It's the night of April seventh. Eleven thirty ish. You've gotten back to the hotel. You've gotten your Coke bottle of alcohol. What are you doing? The others have gone. They're gone at the jazz club. What are you doing? Just mulling things over in my head and uh, enjoying a sip of alcohol. I'm getting ready for bed. Um, one shouldn't, uh, one shouldn't uh, you know, exhaust the mind. Think clearer in the morning when you first get up. So I'm not getting drunk. I'm just drinking. Yeah, you're just relaxing. I get that. Um, about 20 minutes goes by. Um, where are you situated? Are you in the living room? Are I'm sitting on a chair next to the bed. Okay. Um, you know, where a little, there's a little probably a bed and a little, yeah, just sitting there. Um, I might have out my notes and be looking over them, but I've, I've, that takes me five minutes and I, I just start to try to piece all this together. Um, you, as you're looking at you over your notes, it's been about, like I said, 20, 30 minutes since you mm-hmm. came up to the room. You hear a very faint knock at the door. I uh, set down my notepad and I I walk over to the door. Is there a... There's a peephole. Peephole. I, I look through the peephole. It's Bethany. I open up the door. Uh, Miss Tucker, please. And she kind of stands there and says, Mr. Hawk. And she kind of looks over your shoulder and says, "Is are the others here? No, no one's here. Just me. And she kind of uh, sighs and, and nods. And uh, Now, I, before I want to interrupt, I'm not stupid. If she pulls out a gun, I'm going to knock it out of her hand or grab it before she has a chance to, to shoot me. But Paranoia. She walks in, um, and she's just kind of looking around, and she says, I feel uh, as if I owe you uh, an apology. Uh, please have a seat. And uh, I also owe you an apology. She kind of holds up her hand like that as you say it. She says, no, you're doing your job. You're asking questions. I was blindsided by the question, and you owe, I owe you some explaining. Uh, my reaction was kind of volatile. I, like I said, it just kind of came out of nowhere here. Uh, so let's, I, I'll answer any question that you have. And she just sits firmly down on the, on the couch. Well, let me ask you then, why did you become so upset at my questions, my line of questions? And she kind of looks down at the ground and she, you know, this is a side of Bethany that you have, you've only met her, you've only known her for two days and you've Mm -hmm. known her very briefly. But in the time that you've known her, she's very harsh, very stoic, very, Mm -hmm. very, you know, to the professional, to the book. Here she seems vulnerable. She, she kind of, she, she's looking kind of down towards the ground near you. She's not looking directly at you, but she says, my past is troubled, uh, as is Arthur's, as is Timothy's. 
we didn't necessarily grow up in a happy home. My, uh, my mother, Mary, I didn't really know her. Uh, she died when me and my brothers were two years old in uh, 1891. And we didn't really know her at all. Uh, I have faint memories, you know, but I think those are just simply, I've seen pictures of her and so I can imagine how she was. But my father, Nathaniel, was a very cruel and sadistic man. He abused a lot of us. I remember he, when the boys misbehaved, he'd take them out to the woods outside of the house. And he'd tie them to a post and he'd leave them there. My just goodness. Alone in the woods. Just on the barrier of the, of the house. And they'd just be tied to a tree or a post and he'd leave them there until they said they were sorry and promised to behave. He'd withhold meals. He'd beat us. And you, she, there, there, there's something else and she's kind of like wringing her hands. She doesn't like talking about this. She says, there was a lot of things that happened that I just don't feel necessarily comfortable with talking about my father. I understand. Which is why, and she kind of clears her throat and she looks right back at you, which is why I reacted the way that I did. I understand. I just... I was so I was completely dumbstruck by the question. Uh, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't emotionally prepared. Uh, I've been completely broken. Is the word I'd use the words I'd use? Well, I I certainly uh, we can we can leave that information between the two of us. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you understand. I'm just asking questions. Um, statistically, in most cases, when somebody goes missing, um, if, if harm has come to them, if they've been, uh, God forbid, murdered, um, it's almost always somebody who knows them very well. And so I have to ask the questions. I understand. You're, you're ruling us out and, you know, I can assure you uh, that it was not me. I have, you know, an alibi. I, I can prove my whereabouts. I can most likely find alibis for, uh, for Arthur. And as for my father, well, he doesn't even live in the state and he's dead. Your father, you're, he's dead? As far as I know, yes. Oh. He would have been, he would have been 80 something. So you don't know. It's possible he's still alive. We have, we have made a very, very concentrated effort to remain distant, as in not speak to him. Um, we, um, just to kind of get this across to you, Mr. Mr. Hawk, as to how I can assure you that my father has no connection to this. Um, he doesn't even know where we are. Uh, when we were 16, um, a man named, uh, named Samuel Graves, he was my, one of my father's servants, uh, he gave us some money and he 
essentially helped us in our escape from the house and we took uh we took the train to the nearest city and we just started anew yes it's very unlikely that any of these people are involved any longer um um and she kind of um leans forward and says you and your friends you're clearly prepared to ask the correct questions so let me ask you what do you think happened to timothy honestly you've been at this for three days there's six of you marcus was always protecting us to ask any questions and you seem a little withdrawn at the moment the most likely candidate is that uh your brother is still alive and that he's hiding um I believe that he was involved with um, an attempt to, how do I say it? Um, There is a great deal of corruption going on in City Hall. And I think that your brother was uh, trying to expose that information. Um, And as a result... Uh, he felt it necessary to hide himself because his his life and, and uh, his family were in some danger. Um, I'm not so sure that the investigators uh, that have come to your house are are entirely on the up and up either. I think they're all looking for Timothy. Now, I'm sorry to say it's possible that Timothy is dead. However, I don't think that because killing him wouldn't serve any purpose. They need to find out what he knows and if anybody else knows. And so far, that that they, they wouldn't know that. So... I'm pretty sure that Timothy is still out there someplace. We're trying to find him. Um, We're following up any information that we have on him. If you can think of anything, any reason why, any any place he would go other than um, to gamble with his friends in a friendly way or to the supermarket or to work or to home, uh, because we can't determine where he is or where he's been. We know that you, you said that he left for work and he never came nods. home from work. And she nods again. She says, that's, that's all that I really know. Um, you've gotten all of this in two days. And she, we, we have, we have uh, a name, somebody he paid $300 to, which is a great deal of money. Um, we're, we're, we're trying to find out who this person is. It, it's very possible that this person assisted Timothy in hiding himself. Uh, I don't know if it was for plane tickets or a, a, a cruise to Mexico or who knows what. But once we find out that, we'll, we'll have more information. She nods. Um, 
Then says, well, that's at least reassuring. And she kind of chuckles and says, if you don't think that he is dead, then I can at least rest easy tonight. I hope that he's not. I don't think that he is. And she nods and says, uh, I understand that you're um, wary of me and and possibly of, of Marcus. Definitely not Samantha. Samantha is pregnant and, and 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 i understand that your suspicions towards everything is well placed um just know that uh, i don't think that you're adult and she kind of smiles i don't think that you're uh, a moron like i said at the home oh it's not important i've been called far worse things than that and um she kind of uh smiles at that let me ask you another delicate and difficult question Despite what appears to be a very happy family life, how is Timothy with Samantha? Is he happy or does he spend a little too much time away from the house? Well, I was down here a few months ago. I visited um, from Boston and they were as happy as they could be. They've always been the ideal couple um but in the past few months he began withdrawing from me and writing me back and i can only imagine that he did the same with uh samantha he worked constantly and when he when he wasn't working he was uh painting um and rarely with friends apparently um according to Samantha and uh, clearly from what you've said that he participated with gambling with some friends. Um, His painting was mostly at home. Painting was mostly at home. He'd sometimes um, go down to the bay and paint, but mostly he painted at home. He had a very vivid imagination. So it, it's probably clear that he doesn't have a mistress and I hate to say it that way, but that's always a possibility, even in a family that appears to be happy. Um, so I don't think that that's likely. I don't think that it's likely that he ran off with a woman. Well, that's also good. She kind of chuckles. Um, you mentioned, too, uh, now, your, your father, I don't think your father has anything to do with this, considering what you say, he's either dead or his advanced age. But... Um, wasn't Arthur living at the the family homestead in uh, Georgia? Oh, no. Um, something I should also point out, uh, he, he made a fortune down in Georgia. He got mm-hmm. a, an advance um, for company, and his uh, company, I said that he sold vacuums, but he really sold everything. Uh, he employed salesmen from across the country and literally built an empire on it. Um, he, so he lived down uh, in Georgia, but that's not where we're from originally. We're from Virginia. Oh, okay. So is that homestead, the gloomy one that you pointed out, is that in Virginia? She nods. I that's, see. That's the house. Okay. Once again, Timothy always had a vivid imagination, and he also had a very good memory. And is that still owned by you? Oh, no. Uh, like I said, it, we haven't had contact with my father or my father's estate or anything like that in th- near 30 years. All right. 
Yeah, most of this probably doesn't have anything to do with it. Um, I would like to take a closer look at some of his paintings, uh, perhaps tomorrow. It's rather late. She nods and says, it is rather late. And she kind of eyes the Coke bottle that isn't Coke Mm -hmm. um, and says, and I am... Perhaps I've, uh, I was, I intruded. I, I don't know what, you know, what's going on or where the others are. You're, you're alone here. Well, uh, I, I've been told that you're a singer. Yes. And she nods. Um, they found, one of the things that we found along the way was a, a matchbook from a, a place called uh, the Idle, Idle Jazz, uh, a nightclub. Um, They've all gone to look around the nightclub. Apparently, Arthur occasionally went there. Not surprising. Uh, Arthur was kind of the uh, the wildest of the three. Um, Did he have a, a wife, a girlfriend? Oh, no. He was a bachelor through and through. Um, liked the ladies? Very much liked the ladies. And she kind of... Uh, chuckles at that um he also you know he had money so i wouldn't be surprised if drugs and alcohol were involved a playboy yes perhaps uh that's what led to his well we'll know a little bit more later i have the the police report coming on that too she nods um she says well i just wanted to come and apologize and, and answer your questions it's it's late Oh, I'm sorry if I upset you. She and, kind of, uh, she holds up a hand again and she says, it's it's not that big of a deal. I, I overreacted. Uh, the wounds 30 years to the day are still very, very fresh and very raw. And I just, you know, I haven't had to deal with it in quite some time. Uh, no one never asks. So. Well, as soon as I know something more, I'll, I'll, we'll contact you. And I'm, I'm walking her to the door at this point. All right. And when and when you open the door, she kind of just turns and says, "Thank you, Mr. Hawk." And uh, and tell the others, um, Mr. Epstein, I said thank you too. I certainly will. And she smiles and, and nods. Um, and she says good night, and she begins walking down the hall. All right. And you thought she was gonna just pull out a gun? Could have happened. <laughs> Could have happened. She could still be his murderer, but for who knows? So as she's walking down the hall and she gets to the end, and I'm closing the door, I'm thinking. She needs to get laid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Epstein's we, exactly the one to do. We're now going to jump over to the others at the nightclub. We finished up with them at the bar. Uh, before we move on to that point, um, Fowler. Yes. Did you lock the door? Of the car? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So as the cat, well, cat, you need to leave. Go out that way. He's being an asshole. Bye. Damn cut tuxedo cat. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> that scared the shit out of me. All right. Um, okay. So. You guys are in the nightclub. Um, as you finish up at the bar, you can hear uh, the crowd kind of growing, and you see uh, a woman step out on stage, and she grabs the, the mic at the, at the end of it and says, how's everyone doing tonight? In a very sultry voice, 
um, and people are whistling and people are clapping. What do you guys want to do? Where, where, where do you want to go from here? I, I want to listen to some more music and then we'll go on from there. Okay. So Fowler's going to stay and listen to music. What about all the rest of you? Um, I'm gone, Daddy-O. Gone. Just gone. Okay, so we're so so Epstein is leaning up against the bar, snapping his fingers. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm ready to go home. I don't want to stay here all night. What about everybody? Well, well, William's excited to be in a real jazz club, so um, he's just like Tommy. This is this is the best, you know, and getting into the music a little bit. Yeah, me too. As as far as Tommy, you know, he he wants to live this out. Um, but at the same time, I realize we're pushing game along. So I, I was on the impression we exhausted all the clues in this area. But if, if I'm wrong, then. No, no I. Don't worry, about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. I'm going to, um, while everybody's enjoying themselves, I'm going to actively look for anybody who might have followed us or who has been following us all day. Let me see if um, I can recognize maybe somebody I might have seen earlier. Give me a spot hidden. Got a 10. You don't see anybody. Of course not. Of course not. Because I got a 10. What you do see is a young woman probably and but when i mean young i mean like 25 26 um shorter um attractive she's got curled red hair um she walks in and she's just kind of like dofully looking around um mm-hmm. she's probably never been here uh she sits down at a table and uh and and she's looking at the the woman who uh who begins singing um and then she looks over at you, you five. Does she seem to recognize any of us? Is she staring or is she just kind of glancing over? She's staring at first, but she's kind of making her way down at the, uh, down the bar. And then she spots you looking at her and she just goes, she just like, kind of like, she, or she makes a face and then looks right back at the, uh, okay. at the singer. Like she's trying to avoid me. Okay. So I'm going to um, slowly make my way through the crowd and, and up to her. And I'll ask, um, I'll say, good evening, young lady. Um, and she kind of like is like staring at you. And then she looks back over at the bar uh, and says to you, Thompson, she looks back at you. Is that Dexter Fowler? So then I... Um, quickly turn around and head right back to the bar. Uh, she, she then, uh, so you stand up and she goes, and I've seen you before too. I'll stop. But, oh yeah, I'll stop midway, midway turn. She says, and, you're, you're also on the posters for, for his show. Um. Do you, want his of, auto, do you want his autograph or something, young lady? She looks really, really confused, and she goes, 
she just she just leans forward and, and she's very direct and she says why were you at the tucker house What are you what are you talking about, young lady? She says, uh, I was there and I saw you come out and get in a car. You argued for a little bit inside and then you drove off. I followed you. You're at a hotel, the uh, the, the the Hillcrest. And she's she pulls out a note a, a legal pad and she flips through notes. Um and it's just filled with all these notes. Um and uh just, you weren't to the I'm staring at her as she's, fun, you know, fumbling through her notes. I'm letting her continue. Um, and, and she says, and then you came here while one went inside the hotel. Why were you at the Tucker house? Are I you see. state investigators? Are you police? I see. I, I see Mr. Fowler has a stalker. And then I'll turn around and, and uh, actually walk over to Fowler. And, and she... She, she stands up immediately notebook in hand and she just like follows you and she's asking you questions uh she, pretty much one right after the other even if you don't respond why were you at the tucker house has mr tucker been found um do you know where he is you know what's the connection with city hall all these things she's just asking them in a barrage one two one two even and then and and they all hear it as you approach. So you all are hearing it. And she looks at the the four of you and says, "So it's Fowler, Anderson, the magician, the, the great Bambini, Mr. Fowler. It, it seems you have a fan. Uh, oh, really? And she yes. holds up a hand and goes, "I'm please, not please a fan." Reveal. Please regale her of your your wonderful tales you've been telling on the uh, that program of yours. No, 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 uh, Mister. You're and she's kind of she's kind of eyeing you. She doesn't really remember your name. Um, Good, don't remember my name. But she goes, you didn't answer any of my questions. You didn't say where you were at the Tucker House. You didn't say if Mister Tucker has been found. You didn't answer any of my questions. And uh, and who are you for me to be answering your questions? Who are you? And she reaches into seems, her coat. It, it, it seems you know a whole lot about us, but you haven't even introduced yourself. First thing, this is quite rude. And, she, you know, and I'm an older gentleman, so I'm like, the times are getting, getting worse nowadays, you know, when young people will just come up without even properly introducing themselves. And she goes, oh, you're right, you're right. Uh, 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 and, and she kind of uh, fumbles in her, her, uh, her coat pocket and she pulls out a, a, a slip of paper um, the slip of paper is a press pass for the New York uh, Bugle, and she says, uh, I, give, I, "I give her that look that I give all my students who who are trying to turn in a crumpled up uh, report late. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want this. What, what are you doing? What says, is hey, just just let just let answer the questions there, Thompson. Well, yeah, if, you, you. If, if you're so interested in hearing her questions, why don't you?" Get the interview. Give the interview. Um, my name is is uh, is Greta Sutron. Um, I've got. Uh, I, I'm a, I, I, and she's kind of stumbling over, and she's. I'm an, a, an investigative journalist with uh, with the the New York Bugle Tribune. Um, 
I, I, I've, uh, I, and she's stumbling. She can't th think of the words, but then she finally gets it out and says, I'm looking into corruption with City Hall in conjunction with the city planner's office. Uh, I got word from, uh, from another contact that someone had been at the Tucker house other than a private investigator that they hired uh, a few weeks ago. Is the case back on? Are you police? What's the involvement with the police? Are you are you state investigators? If you are, uh, are you in conjunction with the state investigators already here uh, as in a conjunction with the Seabury Commission? <laughs> no. Uh, basically, we can't really give you any information right now, but we are investigating trying to figure out some things that the family wants to keep under the table. So Mr. Tucker hasn't been found and she writes this all down. Um, she then um, kind of eyes them and says, is Mr. Tucker a person of interest in the corruption case? far as I know, no, he is not, but things change. Um, if he isn't, then why have uh, six private investigators been hired on to the, uh, the case? In, con in association with another private investigator, also state investigators who neighbors say, and she flips through her notes, uh, ask them questions about Mr. Tucker. Is he person of interest in the eyes of the state? Is he, uh, is he a contact? Did he do something wrong? Did he, and she kind of looks around and goes, was he passing information along that he maybe shouldn't have? Like I said, uh, things are kind of new in this investigation right now. Uh, Things I know for me, information I'll let you know. And she uh, looks at the other four and says, well, this huckster's not giving me anything. So what about you three? And she kind of looks at Tommy, Felix, and William. Well, I, I, I'm not even sure I know who you are. Uh, well, uh, she, hand, she hands you the press pass. Like I said, it, it was folded up into, into fourths. Um, and you can see it's got... This, it's got stamps, it's got her name, it's got the, uh, I said the Bugle, it's actually the New York Herald Tribune. I was wrong. Um, so it's got, it, it, so it's got uh, signatures, everything, everything needed for a press pass, but she is a legitimate member of the press as far as you can tell. Um, and she says, well, my name is here. See, it's, it's Greta Sutrin. And, uh, and I, and like I said, I'm investigating, I'm a journalist uh, uh, who was investigating City Hall and the connection to the city planning office and uh, signs of corruption. And what, what is it exactly that you think is going on in City Hall? Um, well, I mean, there's quite a lot that we already know. And she kind of looks at you, Felix, and says, are you from here? Well, originally but um, I, I haven't been back to New York for a long time. Well, so um, you... As, you, as you can tell from my accent, I've spent quite some time in Boston. Well, uh, so you have no idea oh. what's, what's going on. Uh, no, I haven't. I mean, I've, I've heard uh, rumors of um, bribery and malfeasance, but um, 
nothing specific. And she kind of holds up her hand and says, whoa, 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 whoa. this happened to me before. How do I know that you're on the up and up? Well, I mean, what, what sort of proof do you, do you need? I mean, well, do, I, I, do, I, do I look like I'm a mobster? Well, when I talk to the state investigator and she just kind of, when she says that, she just goes, like, I should not have said that. She then continues kind of through her teeth and says, they, uh, they showed me a badge. Do you have a badge? I mean, I know Mr. Fowler, but I don't, and I know you all from the posters, but who is he? And, he, and she points at, uh, at William. And she kind of smiles and says, "Hi, I'm Greta." What? I mean, what, what sort of badge do you want to see? I'm I'm a magician, for God's sake. You're a, a magi- The Tuckers hired a magician, and she immediately flips and she writes it. <laughs> I haven't been hired by anyone. I'm just I'm a magician in a jazz club. I'm just curious to know why why you're talking to me. But he said that you that there is a investigative material, and that when he learns something, he'll tell me. And you're on his show, which means that you probably have some connection to it. And you were all look, lady, look. Let 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 me give you the lowdown on that show. Right, that show is a crock of shit. <laughs> right? Do I do I look to you like the kind of guy who just spends his entire life being frightened and saying "oy vey"? Really? Uh, I mean, is that what I, I look like? I, I mean, mean, have I, I even said that other than then at any point during this conversation? Look, we're here because we have, well, I'm here anyway, because I have um, issues with Mr. Fowler uh, regarding uh, my um, depiction in his um, popular fictional radio program. And she kind of just looks at you and goes, and so that has nothing to do with the fact that you were at the Tucker house? Look, I'm just, well, I mean, we are, I'm, I'm staying um, at a hotel with, with some of the others. Um, but as to what Mr. Fowler is getting up to in terms of his, his own um, employment, um, That's Listen, none of my business, is it? Oh, okay. Well, but I mean, you've piqued my curiosity with this with this talk of um, you know corruption in high places. I mean, well, have you have you written any of this? I mean, well, has this has this been going out in the papers? Or no, no, well, we're I've missed all of this. It's it's kind of piecemeal, but uh, she kind of she, the, the music is playing, so so it's not like anybody can hear. But she kind of whispers it, and she goes, "I think that." Uh, if you're in connection with Timothy Tucker, that's great because I think that Timothy disappeared because Mayor Walker killed him. Because I think that Timothy was about to go state's witness against City Hall. Um, I, 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 I've got a mole that, 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 that's mentioned by the state investigators I talked to who's inside of, of, of the, the municipality building that said they were getting warrants together. And I believe Timothy was that mole. I think that he was helping the state investigators and they caught wind of it because you're, you're, you're not from here. 
I and my partners, uh, mainly me, we've uncovered 58 convictions pushed by the police and the district attorney's office. And what do those 58 people have in common? They all were upper politicians or had connections to upper politicians in Walker's cabinet or had direct links to him himself. And Walker is clearly suppressing the black vote He's arresting union leaders. He's arresting politically driven women just because uh, they, they want to take positions away from his cabinet. He's saying that they're prostitutes. And I'm, and I'm telling you that these people were convicted and they're in jail. And, 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 and you guys, if you don't know about this, those are just convictions. He murdered a woman. He, he murdered a woman named... Murdered. Murder. He murdered someone named Vivian Gordon. She was a a, a, a prostitute and a, and a pretty career blackmailer. Um, she was gonna go state witness with the Seabury Commission against Walker because she said she the, she had dirt on him. Two days before she went state witness, they found her in where did they find her? In Vant Cortland, I'm sorry, New Yorkers, I can't pronounce the, the name of your parks. Uh, park, she was strangled to death. That was on February 25th, okay? It was an obvious hit with the Seabury Commission connection and the death threats that she was clearly receiving by a guy that was only named Mr. X. And she was strangled to death in a park and the cops just wrote it off. They just, they didn't do anything. Well, so I say, I say thank, thanks so much uh, for all this, uh, Greta. Whoa, 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 no, 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 no. I'm not giving you anything. You need my help and well, I need yours. Well, so, I mean, what, what else is this walker into? Um, property? He's into everything. He basically runs the city right now. I mean, you hear everything about mobs and stuff. like It's not mobs that are destroying the city. You know, the mobs fight themselves. It's not the mobs fighting themselves that's killing the city. It's his corruption. And the Seabury Commission is closing in around him. I think that Timothy was a mole inside the city planner's office. And they offed him. He's probably just one of several. And I think there's a direct connection because he disappeared. And then all of a sudden, these warrants are getting together. Someone says that a mole says that they're providing information to the state investigators. All of a sudden, Timothy disappears. There's an obvious connection. And I can't get inside at this point, but you can. You can how get into would we, how, how would we do that? She scoffs and says, "It's the First Amendment, right? To you can it's freedom of speech. You can go up to any politician and speak to them in a public office, no matter what they fucking tell you." But you can't. No, no, just. So you don't have a First Amendment, right? Well, I have freedom of the press, but. They know what I look like, and they make it very difficult for me to get upstairs. But they've never seen you. Well, yeah, but uh, you, you forget. 
you would know where you were going. We, we wouldn't know where we were going or who to talk to or... If I tell you that information, will you ask questions for me about this? And listen, I can give you all the information that you need to get upstairs and ask questions, but I just need to be on this, okay? This is my entire career we're talking about, all right? I've got all these, uh, these, these hearsay convictions. Vivian Gordon is the only direct link that we can see tangibly connected to Walker. But I think that Timothy had something or was planning something with the state investigators that the state investigators aren't letting us in on. And I think that Timothy paid for it. Well, I think that if what you say is true, then, then I guess it would be our civic duty and to, uh, to help you, really. And I have other information. But like I said, I need to know if you're on the up and up. So if you go to the municipality building and you ask me these questions, okay, just get as much information as you can. I don't care what it is. And, we, and you say that we're partners and we work together on this. I may be willing to share some of that with you. I say, while well, I'm on the up and up, I would gladly like to work with you. What about you four? And she kind of looks at the uh, at the others. What You're not getting up there without my help. You know, like I said before, it's it's. Um, I think it's my civic duty. It's all of our civic duties. People are dying. Like, people are actually getting legitimately killed because yeah. of some tyrannical mayor. Yeah, you, you, well, can't a, you can't have a, a city unlike that. Nor the state. Go up to an officer by yourself on a block in the middle of the night, and we'll see if he wants to serve and protect. More like hit you over the head with a billy club and rob you blind, and you can't do shit about it. Yeah. William, yeah, that, that ain't right. William nudges Tommy and kind of has a slight giggle and then turns around and says, Miss, even though I've cancelled my subscription to your paper, we'll do, we'll give you the scoop if you give us the information. As long as we're partners, I'm not asking for money. I'm not going to give you any money, but I'll definitely give you whatever I can. The can information. And just so I know, can we have can we have it in writing too? She she kind of uh, kind of scoffs and then says, "Yeah, well, yeah, you can have it in writing." Well, but, lay on his woman. Come on. Twenty third floor. If you go down the right hallway, all the way down to the corner offices, you're going to see a door that says "City Planner's Office." It's going to have a list of names. I'm sure by this point they've taken off timothy's name he's not there anymore um cops not cops security there's cops outside no doubt there are people protesting there pretty much every day mainly uh and and she kind of looks around for uh any 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 black people and she has colored folks protesting about uh about not getting the vote because like i said 
voting suppression is happening right now during during the general elections. But so there are cops outside. They won't stop you if you're just going in. They're there for the protesters. Security, on the other hand, they see you and you look like cops, they're going to stop you. They're going to ask you what you're doing. They're going to ask to see permits. They're going to ask to see warrants, subpoenas, whatever. If you don't look like cops, if you just look like normal people and they walk up to you and they say, what are you doing here? Simply say, open meeting act, and they'll rush off. They cannot stop you from seeing a public official. And if you know the, the legislation by heart, because no one does, then they'll back off. Because if you know what the open what the the open meeting act is, they'll give you the minutes to go upstairs. They'll let you up. Security is not going to get involved in that. But okay, if you don't know what you're talking about, and if you do look like cops, they're going to or press. They're going to stop you. And they're going to ask you questions. They're going to ask for subpoenas. They're going to ask for information. They're going to ask like all this stuff. Simply go in as civilians looking to talk to the city planner's office about something related to them. It's going to take a lot of fast talking. It's going to take a lot of lying. But if you don't act like cops and you don't act like press and you just say open meeting act, the security will let you by. I don't know what will happen when you get to the actual office, but security on the first floor will just let you go to the elevator. They won't touch you. What, what about your man on the inside? Is there a contact we can have? Well, if we, my, get into, if we get into bother. Well, the person I was talking to, he was a state investigator named Leon Rice. Uh, I don't really have any information on him. Um, he just kind of approached me because I was doing my own investigating and he wanted to know what I came across. Um, but he told me that they had a mole and that when the mole gave them information, they pass it on to us because we're essentially you know, covering the entire Seabury Commission story. This is the biggest news the city's ever seen. Um, but I think that mole was Timothy and they offed him. He's gone. They either, they either took him and they're holding him, but in my opinion, it's more likely that they just shot him in the back of the head and they dumped him in the East River. A train? Everyone get out of the out of the jazz club. It's the it's the midnight train. Um to Georgia. Yeah. Um now I interviewed the first time I went up there was the only time I went up there. I talked to the two people in charge. Um their names were she flips through her notebook, uh Converse and Giles. And, and they just told me that they thought he just quit without telling him. But I know that there's more. Timothy Tucker just didn't disappear. From what I know, he had a happy marriage. He was happily married. He had a good friends. He had a good life. That guy doesn't just disappear. I think that he was killed. And I think that Mayor Walker is the one that put the hit out. If he's willing to, if he's willing to kill 
a, a prostitute that just had sex with Mayor Walker twice and maybe overheard something, he'll kill the person that has hands-on information about what's going down in City Hall. I don't know what the information could have been may or, or is, but he got a hold of something and that's what happened. He's gone. And like, uh, and she points at Felix, but she kind of doesn't remember your name. All she really remembers is your face on posters. Um, like what he was saying, um, it's your civic duty, you know, uh, you're probably getting paid and I have the information that can help and, and I can help you. I can, I can provide stuff. Uh, I can provide you with help. So if you're down with this, I say, and she smiles and says, let's do it. I'm like I said, I'm down with that. Might as well get some more information and finally figure out what exactly is going on. I don't know if anyone else is. And she smiles at Thompson, the old man that she was talking to before. And was just waiting for a response. And I frowned frown at her. Um, totally disapproving of this whole entire how, how it came, came to us. Quite rude. Quite rude. I'm still stuck on that. Um, she, uh... But I, I, you know, she's trying to get ahead and it is for a good cause. Well, you've already talked to our fearless leader. He says he's, he's okay with this investigation. So if he's okay with it, his lackeys are okay with it. And I, then I give her a nice warm smile. She says, great. All right. Um, listen, uh, here is my card. And she give, hands it to you. The office is uh, a little busy most of the time. Um, we're kind of just like all over the place a lot of the time. So um, try and call ahead and I'll, and I'll get an office sequestered for us. Um, but, but yeah, no, we can, and we can meet really anywhere that you want to meet. Uh, and she just, she's kind of stuttering. She doesn't really know what to say. Um, so, but, but, and she kind of just trails off and says, well, great. Okay. Um, when you have something, after you've talking to them, just uh, if you if anything happens, just call me and and we'll meet and uh, and I'll give you this information that I have. Okay. Who is she giving a card to? Uh, she was talking to you before, so she hands you the card. Okay. And yeah, I mean it's just a standard business card. It's got a it's got a phone number and extension. Uh, it says uh, Greta uh, Sutron, New York Herald Tribune. Mm-hmm. It's got the address. All right. Does she leave? Uh, yeah. I'm, she she shakes her hands and off she goes. Okay. So as soon as she's out of the door, I tear up the card. I say thanks I'm for like, your information. Uh, I'm like, before I, you, I'm like, hey. No, I already done it. And I look at you when you say, hey, and I'm like, you do remember the type of trouble we've gotten into in the past. If this is the same sort of trouble, do you want this young lady's life on your conscience? You want her blood on your hands if something goes wrong? Well, she's given us, us a good lead. We can, we can follow that lead, but I don't 
want to endanger, regardless of how rude this young lady was, I don't want to uh, endanger her life. So, any well, objections? And I and I look to the rest of, uh, of uh, our party here. Any objections with that, gentlemen? Well, I said that um, we would give her the scoop, so we could always take yeah. her to the, the ice cream parlor and give her a scoop of ice cream instead. I like how you think, sir. You know, I think, though, uh, she could be a good source of more information. You know, she's obviously connected. Um, she did. Oh! She did also say that she had more information, but she wanted proof that you guys were... Uh, trustworthy, that you were actually investigating. Well, I think she could provide a, um, a useful conduit between us and the um, the Seabury Commission who, who, who might sound like they... Uh, you, I mean, it's... It's, 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 the, the ledger. it's... It's totally up to you, gentlemen, but I really... I mean... William, you haven't really... Uh, seen the sort of danger we've gotten into in the past. Um, so you probably don't really understand, but I myself don't want another innocent individual to come to harm based off of our own personal investigation. I mean, hey, this, this entire investigation may not be our, our, our kind of strange that we've, we've dealt with in the past, but for me, it's beginning to look uh, a bit strange, particularly with the occult stuff. So, I, you know, it's true um, she could, she could provide us with information, yeah. but but I would rather go on what we have here and use our own skills, um, our own gumshoe skills, um, as it were, uh, to 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 figure things out rather than depending on an outside source, a young lady like this. With that, um, Fowler, you go outside. So you, so you leave the bar and you leave the club. Um, okay, so, so Fowler has left the bar. Um, Fowler, what exactly are you doing? So you've left the bar. You're trying to... Well, as soon as I've seen him, uh, Thompson, rip up the card, I'm going to go see if I can see if I can find her and say, you mind if I quickly get your, her card just in case. Um, yes, yeah, she's not too far out. Um, she literally just left the bar by walking down the alley and she just goes, uh, yeah, sure. Um, and she, uh, she kind of hands you uh, another card uh, and says, I never thought I'd actually meet a famous private investigator. Well, thanks. It's just that, you know, I want to definitely get to the bottom of this as a fellow New Yorker. You know, uh, I don't like the mayor. I just want to make sure everything, you know, that this corruption goes away. And I hope you're on the same page as me too. I can definitely assure you that I'm on the same page as you. Uh, you don't go through pages and pages and pages of, uh, of obtained police files and find 53 false convictions uh, just because, you know, you want to write a fluff piece about it. Kind of laughs. Um, she says, well, uh, good night, Mr. Fowler. 
And she walks back down the alleyway. Good night. We'll cut back inside now. So Fowler has left. He, he walked outside. Um, is there anything else that you guys would like to discuss? Uh, uh, William just says to the rest of the guys, you know, she, this reporter's providing us with information. Um, it's obvious that I, I think we're already thinking that this is the case with, um, uh, what's his name? The missing guy. Timothy. I keep wanting to call him Arthur. Uh, <laughs> with, 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 uh, with Timothy. And it's probable that we've got, we've got the secret weapon, which is a ledger to take down the mayor and his corruption. So we are now holding the thing that, that Timothy was trying to keep. So if this uh, uh, Seabury Commission are looking for evidence, it looks like we've probably got it. Do you think that's right? Well... The thing here is, if if we're if if what the young lady says is true, then it means that we're dealing with a, a cold-blooded murderer, and that's just another complication on our investigation. Do we really want to be dealing with this? But what what I'm thinking is that if we hand over the evidence at the right time to the Seabury Commission, then they deal with the corruption, and and we. But then how, how can we how can we tell that the people that we're handing this information over to aren't corrupt as well? Well, we, we can't. Yeah, we don't know how deep this this goes. Um, unfortunately, I mean, I will follow your you know the the majority's lead on this, but I I, I would rather be careful and, and a bit low key. Um, the fact that this young lady. Um, ambushed me in particular, and then she's she's spouting out all this information in a public space like this. I I don't like it. And you know we've been I, I I maybe I'm being a bit paranoid, but I feel like we've been followed pretty much all day. And again, you know if if we're doing you know dealing with this young lady. And if indeed the, the, the mayor is as corrupt and he's a murderer, as she says, we don't know who these guys who are following us are. And if they're going to harm her, we might have already put her life into danger. You know, um, I don't know about Mr. Fowler. Maybe, you know, he wants to get another uh, serial for his, uh, his radio show. You know, and maybe uh, the, the death of a young lady might you know, tune in more, more uh, listeners, but I myself, I don't want to do that. I don't want to put somebody else's life in danger unnecessarily. That's how, I mean, basically that's how I feel about this. Um, I think that we can perhaps get the information that we need without involving too many more civilians. I don't know. That's how I feel. I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud. But I will go with the rest of, of, of uh, the group. Just let it be known that I try to preserve life here. 
I mean, if Timothy was a mole, as she suggested, then he's a guy with the info. I'm wondering if... I'm wondering you know, where she's getting all of her information from, too. I mean, a lot of it seems like hearsay. I mean... She's given us a lot of valuable information, like uh, the names of the guys in the city planners, Giles, Converse. Um, right. But it seems like it could be that she has an axe to grind. I'm not, I'm not belittling her, her, her own investigation. Perhaps she's onto something. Um, but it seems like she's got a personal axe to grind here. And oh, she, uh, she's, she's trying to build her career. Yeah. And I mean, a big story like uh, taking down a corrupt politician would really boost her career. Now, whether or not this, this information she's given to us is accurate, that's, uh, it needs to be seen. I mean, we can, we can act on her, the information that she's given us so far. But, um, and I mean, if it comes to something, that's, that's fine. I, I have a feeling that Mr. Fowler didn't agree with my uh, reaction to her handing us her information. So he probably picked up her information again. So if we do find something and you guys want to involve her, you could do so. I mean, I'm not stopping you, but you guys know how I feel about this. Well, if somebody was good at fast talking and they wanted to go in and uh, ask questions as a civilian member of the public, then we know what the key is. It's, it's the Open Meeting Act. And uh, if somebody was quite persuasive, they could go in and maybe try and get some answers off of the guys in the office. That's not, that's not, I'm more of a writer and a poet, so that's not really my skills, but somebody might be good at that. Hmm. What do you think, Tommy? I look at the young man. These whiskey sours are great. Um, I don't know if I have the skills for that either. I mean, I know a little bit about the law. Um, but that almost seems like the last resort, like a threat almost. It's like if you want... Um, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if I would lead with that, but... I, th I think the way I think the way the reporter was talking was that gets you past the security, and then and, and then the real thing was chatting as a civilian with questions to I don't know if it's the Giles and Converse guys or whoever else you know but um I could write a poem about it but I'm not sure I'm I'm not that confident you know <laughs> what what about you Felix what what do you think. Well, uh, I don't know much about the law. I've got the patter, but um, I think I'd have to make most of it up. Still, that usually works. Maybe we should go back and in the morning talk to Mr. Hawk and see what he thinks, and we can get a plan. Okay. Well, let's, right. let's um, you know, this, this music is giving me a headache. Let's uh, head back to the, uh, to the hotel. All right.
we're going to jump back to Tom. Jump back to Tom then. Who? Um, Tom. Oh, Clifton. I'm sorry, Mr. Hawk. Um, Mr. Hawk, mm-hmm. it's late, like mm-hmm. midnight. Are you asleep? Yeah, I probably went to sleep after that. Okay. Did you turn off the lights? Did you turn on the lights? Like, how how are you sleeping? Where are you oh, sleeping? I I'm sleeping in the bed, but I I turn off the lights. Yes. I have to sleep in the dark. I can't sleep with the lights on. You are awoken by the sound of a creaking door. All right. My gun's under my pillow. <laughs> okay. You pull it out. It's pitch black, other than the light from the city that are kind of bleeding through the windows. How about light from the door? Um, yeah, some light from... Uh, there, there's some light... Well, like I said, it's, it's still pitch black, so there's no light coming from like the hallway or anything like that. Okay. Um, I am going to... Uh, can you give me a spot hidden first? Sure. Fifty-nine, and my spot hidden is yeah, seventy. Pass. It's dark, but uh, you sit up, and the creaking of the door is coming from your closet door. Okay, I didn't say a sit up, but what I was going to say is I slide out of the bed to the side of the bed, and okay. and reach over to the lamp to turn it on. It doesn't turn on. Okay. The door to the closet keeps creaking open. Okay. But I really can't see anything, right? No. All right. Well, I see the door opening and then past the crack, you just see pretty much just like pitch black inside the, the, uh, the closet. Okay. I am straining my ears to see if I hear uh, if there's actually somebody coming out of the closet or if it's just the closet opening because it's bad hinges or something. You don't hear anybody inside. Okay, so I'm I'm sitting there just waiting if, for something to happen. The door fully opens and you just see completely inside. It's 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 dark. So you can see like the, the, the whatever clothes you've hung up and mm-hmm. maybe the suitcase, but there's nothing inside. You then hear a slam, like a slamming door, mm-hmm. come from the living room where the other doors are. Well, I wait. Um, do I hear anything else? Yeah, your bedroom door. Is it cracked? Is it closed? Or is it all the way open? It would have been closed. You, very distinctly, because it's like deathly quiet other than the honking outside. Us footsteps. Very slow. Coming Come, towards the door. Coming towards me or away from me? Towards you. 
Um, but there's no light. So if I can't turn on the light, um, whoever you are, I have a gun pointed at you. Freeze. Stay where you are. Footsteps. And it stops. It's just outside the door. Now, I'm trying to understand what you're saying. Is it in my room? No. It is outside the door. So you have a suite. So there's the bedroom and then a living area. So it's not in my room? No. Okay. Well, then I don't say that. I I thought you were saying it was in my room. I thought it came from my closet, was heading towards my door. No. You didn't see anything. It's it's bright enough in your bedroom that you can see that nothing came out of the closet. It's not like pitch black in your room. There's still light coming right. in from the window. So. so what I'm going to do is as silently as possible, I'm going to move behind the door so that when it opens, I'll be behind the door. Okay. So you've, you've still let it knock and you're not going to give a response? Oh, you didn't say it knocked. Or oh, I didn't yeah, it- it knocked three times. Who's there? Let me in, Hawk. Who's there? No response. Is there a, a, a light switch on the wall? Okay, I flipped that. Nothing happens. Hmm. you have a fork that I can jam in the back of my hand? No. <laughs> You're very clearly awake. Okay. This is not a dream. You can hear the sounds of the city outside. If you were to open up the window, you could see the, the city street lights and the cars rushing by. Once again, who's there? Let me in, Hawk. Okay, Mr. Let Me In Hawk. Uh, Odd last name. No. uh, You then also hear, because you're you're pressed up against the, the door, so the bedrooms are also, they also have their separate bathrooms. Uh, you then hear inside there a shower curtain rustle. Pitch black inside the bedroom, but you can hear the shower curtain like rustling. Do I have a flashlight? Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to go over and grab, grab my flashlight. Okay. Does it turn on? As I'm gonna, where is your flashlight? Where would it be? Would it be in your your bag or? Well, let's in, see. I would have, uh, I would have probably taken off my clothes and probably just dropped them on the floor, and I would have probably set whatever my wallet and stuff on the table. So my flashlight is probably sitting on the table near the window. Okay. As you move away from the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're walking towards the uh, the table with the flashlight. You hear this under the bed. 
like something clawing at the wood beneath your bed. It's very, it's very soft. It's like, it's like, it's like a single nail being okay. drugged. I'm, I'm just going to quickly walk over and grab my flashlight and turn it on. Okay. You turn it on and you see that the bulb is straining, but it's on. It's, it's not flickering, but it's very dim. Okay. I'll, I'll then walk back over to the door and open it, shining my flashlight into. No one's there. But you feel very cold. Okay. I step into the living room and try the lights. Nope. Nothing works. Um, yeah. The rustling... The rustling in the bedroom, in the bathroom, um, your bathroom, has begun again, but it's now just, it, it's like a single puff, like something pushed the curtain out of the way. All right, who's there? No response. Um, I'm going to open the front door of my room uh, to the hallway outside, see if there's yeah. any light on. Um, you open it and hall lights are on. Um, and the, you can actually see, if you look down, the elevator door is open, and you see uh, Tommy, Felix, William, Dexter, Henry. They've just come back from the bar. All right. Well, I, st I step backwards out into the hallway in my uh, boxers mm -hmm. and my wife beater, and uh, they probably all see me, but I'm facing the door. As soon as you step outside... Um, the flashlight grows to full intensity. Okay. Um, and you're, 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 you're looking inside the room, correct? Right. Um, how I'm imagining the layout, I'll eventually make a, a layout of the, of the apartment. Um, there's a living space. There are the doors to the individual bedrooms, but then there's also uh, doors to a balcony. Okay. And they're, covered by, and they're covered by a curtain. It's very similar to the one that uh, Arthur had in his room. Okay. And as you shine the light, you can see that the patio is crowded with like standing silhouettes. Okay. They're all standing there just behind the door. The curtain is like covering them, but they're all, like the light has illuminated their figures. And there's like a dozen, maybe uh, one and a half of just people standing there completely still. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking into the, the room and I, do I see, I see them down the hall. Yeah. And they see you. You're standing there with a flashlight well, I, in your box. I, I, I give them a, like this. Okay. And I, and I, I do that. I give them a, I'll, I'll come immediately. Silently. Uh, Okay. Nothing. Nothing really happens, Hawk. Right. Um, the the door, the front door begins to close, but it does. But it it just begins to kind of creak close. But as Henry moves like closer to you, at a certain point, all the lights in the apartment turn back on. Door stops closing. No figures on the patio because it's. It, I mean, it's bright. So the flashlight is now meaningless, but the lights, all the lights you turned on, the ones in your bedroom, the ones in the living room, um, they, they're all, they all turn back on. Okay. And I, I, and I notice this as, as I approach, right? Like, 
Yeah, you see that the door is slowly closing, and through the, the crack, you can see the lights were off, and then all of a sudden, they just turned right back on. Do you have company, Kyle? Hulk? Apparently, I do. Um, so I, I, like, push the door open, and I'm, I'm looking around. I still have my stupid flashlight in my hand. I'm yeah. looking around. I'm saying, come inside. I'll come back. All of you, come on inside. Um, so as I'm as I'm as I'm going inside, I'm looking around. I'm checking in the closet. I'm checking in the bathroom. Yeah, um, closet seems fine. The bathroom. Um, so there's a sink, and then there's a, there's a toilet, and then there's a bathtub with a shower curtain. It's your standard hotel bathroom. Right. Right. Um, the shower curtain um, has been pushed to one side so mm -hmm. forcefully that three of the uh the rings have broken off of the rod okay and then i'm going to go over to the the, the curtain and look up uh, and open it look out the balcony balcony um it's 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 a it's it's a medium-sized balcony it looks over the street no one but there's there. nobody there there's no one there there's chairs in an ashtray no one there well gentlemen um William says, Mr. Hawk, is something supernatural going on? Um, either that or I'm completely out of my mind. But I, I basically tell them I, I was awakened by something in the room. Um, the lights wouldn't, wouldn't go on. The flashlight barely, barely lit. And, uh, and things started moving around. A voice spoke to me in the darkness, let me in, it said. Uh, it wouldn't answer my questions, and I made my way to the front door and, and got out of there. But, uh, yeah, I think something supernatural was going on. Um, I'll, I'll um, start, like, searching his room to see um, what it might have been or if there's any sort of clues that this thing might have left behind. I'm not questioning... Um, Hulk's sanity, but I, I do want to see if there's anything that would have been su supernatural in this room. Don't don't look at the magazine that's under the sheet under the the map. I've seen it, Hulk. I've seen it all. <laughs> what's, what's, what, what's you, when you become my when you get to be my age, you've pretty much seen it all. Ham, the magazine for men who like pork butchers. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That's that's. I know that might be offensive to you, Epstein, since you're a Jew. <laughs> Thomas, is there a sense of the weird? Is there a sense of the weird or the supernatural? Uh, um, William's quite a kind of sense to POW 85 and all that. Is there a kind of something in the atmosphere? Uh, Thomas, you're muted. I is okay. Yeah. Uh, William and Hawk, you feel that the room is the the entire apartment, especially Hawk's room, is off. It's fading. This feeling is 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 fading away, but uh, but there's it's cold and. Uh, and William, as you enter into the room and you've closed the door, 
it, you know the feeling when you've you've had a really large party um tons of people mm-hmm. over and they've uh kind of just had their run of the place and then they all leave and how big your apartment or house yeah. feels after the fact it feels like that William closes his eyes because he's got this really vivid imagination and just kind of feels the atmosphere as a... Give me a power roll. And I I tell you that it was looked like there was a crowd of people on my balcony. It's a regular success. You close your eyes... And you don't really, you don't really see anything. What your brain tells you, it's like a, it's like a thought. And it's just like a drifting thought. But the thought is, he let me in. Mr. Hawk sees William's eyes kind of widen and he just looks at you. Kind of disturbed. And I, I go over to Clifton and I whisper what I, th- my thought was. William, you surprise me. Are you... Welcome to the supernatural. I don't know what that was all about. I don't know what 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 wanted in but there were more than one of them you said there was lots of them it seemed like there were a whole bunch of them out on the balcony just just as i left the room there was something that came out of my closet something came out of my bathroom something was in the living room i could hear it moving around i i asked it what it was or who it was and it asked to be let in I uh, heard it quite distinctly, but there's nothing there. And the li- the electricity didn't work, which is unusual. This just reminds me of Arthur's hotel room. You know, it was messed up. The bulbs were broken, uh, although obviously he hurt himself and killed himself, probably. But... Uh, uh, it was like it took over. I'm wondering if it started this way with Arthur. I think that Arthur, I think that it seemed like Arthur had broken the light bulbs with his own bare hands. Mm. Yeah, you saw the cuts. There's blood everywhere. Why, I don't know. See, he was, why he would break them with his own. Arthur wasn't stable, though. So we, we have yet to determine whether Arthur was just wacko or or something was driving him. Um, we should be getting the report from uh, uh, what's his name uh, tomorrow. Yeah, he said uh, around the afternoon he'd have it, Finley. Or today. Now it's or, today. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, gentlemen, did you uh, did you enjoy your evening at the jazz club? Anything interesting happen? I I'll fill um, Hawk in pretty much uh, what happened there, um, and I'll I'll tell him how I I tried to handle it versus Finley, and 
I'll ask him his assessment of it. You know, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to a, a true uh, detective here. Why? Why would you say anything at all to a reporter? And I look at Finley. Well, Finley is Finley in the room? No, Finley's not here. But you mean Fowler? Yeah. Fowler's in uh, the room. Fowler, Fowler. That's what I meant. Sorry. Yes, Fowler's um, in the room. Yeah. Yeah. I, I. So I look over to Fowler. Like, yeah. Why would you? We. I didn't get. I didn't give her information. Like, I just told her that we're still investigating this. But she wants. Well. We talked to her, and she we found a way into the uh, building there. Well, you've you've practically invited her to join us on our investigation. Mm, no, we didn't. Yeah, simply by telling her, she is going to hound us now. She's going to follow us everywhere because she wants a story. Um, from what you from what you said, yeah, I think we have to separate two things. We are trying to find Timothy, Timothy Tucker. That's our primary thing. This whole thing with the corruption going on in City Hall, uh, while it may be our civic duty to do something about that, that's not what we've been hired to do. Um, I think that we need to find the right people and give them that ledger. Um, you said the state investigators. Who's who's doing the investigation? Should we just be able to put pick up a paper and say, you know, whatever Philip Johnson is is leading the investigation against uh, the mayor? It's got to be newspaper worthy stuff. Yeah, it's the Seabury Commission. But um, something that Tommy brought up in like I think like the first or second episode, simply having the ledger and just being like, we have it, doesn't mean they'll take you seriously. It also doesn't mean they'll do anything. It, 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 the Seabury Commission is run by the governor. It's, they're not going to really take two private investigators, a lawyer, a student lawyer, a wannabe writer, a ma magician, and a professor of anthropology seriously. In a I, I don't need them to take us seriously. I think that we can gift wrap the damn thing and leave it on their front desk, and they'll know what the hell it is. They won't know where it came from. But they'll definitely know what it is once they have it. Yeah. You can what do about that. this Rice guy? Uh, Leon Rice was the state investigator that Greta got her information from about the, the mole, who she believed Timothy was. And she believed that uh, uh, Walker killed Timothy because he was the mole. I wonder if she could um, set us up with a meeting with Rice. He might be our way to getting the ledger to the commission. Mr. Hawk, I'm thinking that if we did get it to the right person and if Timothy's in hiding, like you think is a possibility, then if the right people actually get the information, then maybe that will get let Timothy come out from hiding. Yeah, I don't think that, that anybody will need to find Timothy at all once once the ledger is in the bright people's hands. We, we do have to be careful because if the corruption goes as deep as we think that it does, this could all be a, well, I don't think that's likely, but this could all be a ruse to get the ledger, including Miss uh, Miss uh, Sutron. 
Except that if they knew we had the ledger, wouldn't they just come and take it? Wouldn't they just come and shoot us in the head and take whatever we had? Wouldn't they have murdered the whole family by now in a search for that, that ledger? Makes sense. Yeah. So unless is they don't know for sure we have it. And unless they didn't know for sure that Timothy had it, but right. they thought he had it. Well, yeah. If they murdered him, why didn't they break into his house and take the and, and ransacked the house looking for it. I don't think they knew he had it. Which probably suggests he's still alive again. Me, exactly. it's just something. Me, Marcus is, yeah. He... I think he's hidden somewhere. Um, he wanted to do his civil duty, but he couldn't do it because they got too close. Do you remember, though, when we were at Timothy's home, and the medallion, you know, the the symbol. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a message with that. So it did, did sound like that Timothy had a friend stroke relationship on the go with the... I uh, can't remember the name just now. It was... Uh, Tally. 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 Yes, yeah, thanks. Um, so he could be hiding with that person, who, mm-hmm. whoever they are. It's also possible that this uh, uh, W, um, his name W. Darby, uh, assisted him to get to hide. He paid him three hundred dollars. Has the bank got back to us yet about that? Not yet. That's we're hoping that for that tomorrow or the next day. Uh, but it's it's significant that he paid W. Darby three hundred bucks the day before he disappeared. Yeah, yeah. it is. Like for plane tickets or something. Although that's that's a lot of money. Could be that Mr. Darby uh, forged documents for him. For all so, uh, so if Mr. Darby knew who he was, then we can't really bring him back prematurely because he might get bumped off. He might get killed off. So we need to kind of time it. If the ledger is going to keep Timothy alive, that needs to go to the right person. No. Maybe. There's something I, I, I'd like to say, and it's rather harsh, especially, um, uh, I'm sure Henry's going to think that it's rather harsh, but there's bad guys involved here, and bad guys are killing people. And yes. that's not our fault. Um, we can't obstruct justice in order to prevent people from getting murdered by the bad guys we we are not in control of that they're the ones who are doing it so people you you know that samantha and bethany are in extreme danger because if timothy is still alive all the bad guys have to do is get the wife and the and the sister and get the threat out there we will kill them unless timothy shows up we can't well, do why, anything about that. We can we can hopefully, you know. Well, why haven't they done that? Why haven't they done that before? Before that's, we... that's the best question. I don't think they know yet. They suspect, but they're not willing to make the move yet. That's why you got to be really careful who you talk to, because for exactly. all you know, this Greta was just there trying to find out information from us. And well, I, you know, I wish you were. Uh, but 
but she gave us a lot of information in return. Like we, I didn't see, we didn't say anything about it, but she gave us a lot of information. So I don't think she is part of the bad. Like, I don't think she's, you know, part of the bad guys. I think she's literally just trying to, you know, find a, uh, you know, get a good job or a good, you know, story. Yeah, I think that we need to. We're not here to help her get a good story. Um, we can exploit the information that she gave us, if that's even real information. Well, I Maybe. think it is. Um, <clears throat> Tommy, you said the other day that we really need to find out the last place where where Timothy was seen. We know that he left work. He's so the next home, I thought. We, he never, that's all we know is he left the house. I I'm sorry, he left his house, right. Yeah. We don't know whether he showed up for work that day. Correct. I wonder if it's possible. I don't think that it is. I was going to say, I wonder if it's possible to find out if he took a train, a plane, or, you know, but I don't think that that, that sort of information was required back then. Um, bought a ticket. Something that was brought up in the second episode was uh, that um, Marcus tried looking into trains um, out of the city. Okay. And he didn't find anything. Well, then I guess we need to find... Well, Darby, that's our big one. It might, God, I hope it's not nothing. If it's nothing, then I don't know what to do. Well, um, a little bit of GM uh, in, uh, interjection, simply just because, you know, there, there's, a, there's a lot. So I'm wondering, does anybody have a list of clues? Just like a, like a bullet point list of everything that you've collected that you can kind of go over or leads or something. Well, William has been taking some notes. Okay. If That's maybe, maybe not a, a straight list, but here we go. Uh, what we're doing just now, talking to the reporter was following the money, I would say. We've got the Derby check, which is an important one. We've also not acted on the um, doctor's address who we got off the medication. But that might just tell us that um, he was taking uh, pills. Timothy was sick and that was it. Um, we had a name for a state investigator called Harry who's looking into uh, who seemed to be hanging about at the abandoned house near the home. We've got this tally connection, which don't know how we follow that one up. And I think that's all I've got here, apart from the jazz club. We've done that. And we've got the um, ledger. The ledger, yeah. As well. But do any of those give any kind of clue as to where Timothy might have gone? The main one to me would be the check. The check. Mm. 
And the other one is, you know, instead of going into the municipal building to ask heavy questions, we could get past the guards or somebody could get past the guards with the Open Meeting Act and then just go and ask his fellow colleagues, did he show up for work that day? Here's, here's a question I didn't think of until now. How, how did Timothy go to work every day? He took the train, according to uh, Bethany. Bethany said, or Samantha. Samantha said that he always, and all the neighbors, that he took uh, the train to Central Street, and then he just walked to the municipality building. So, um, and, and our uh, other intrepid in investigator uh, says that he never got on the train? Uh, so, the train is a subway. Subways go from uh, Queens. If you don't have a car, so you, you just buy Queens. a ticket and get on. Yeah, there's no yeah you, you, you just have a you just have a pass, and then it takes you down to Central. However, out of the city, like from Penn Station or Grand Central, you need to like buy a ticket and then get on a train and leave the city. And what if we uh, tomorrow morning, some one of us um, took a picture of Timothy with them? And got on the subway and uh, rode the commute that he took every single morning and asked some of the passengers, because very likely they're commuters as well, and they would have seen him day after day after day after day, and see if they saw him that day. It's a good um, idea. Or noticed that he wasn't there that day. Particularly, maybe the, 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 the uh, train conductor, the bus driver. Oh, well, I'm not sure he would ever notice, but. Well, not the conductor, but the guy that takes the ticket, you know. If, 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 you're, if, you're, if you're a regular on, on a train, you get up, maybe you catch the train about seven o'clock and yeah. you know. Hello, you know, Charlie, how are you? You know, yeah. yeah. There's, a, yeah. there's a booth at subway station that you have to like take your pass to, and then they let you through the dials. So it's very likely there might be people, men, women, um, on the on the the thing that when you show them that they'll say oh yeah he's we see him all the time he's here all the time and it's like you know when was the last maybe that's not so great maybe they, they wouldn't know that they or they wouldn't have taken note that they didn't see him it's possible maybe maybe, maybe not i'll be depends on um i guess what i'm trying to figure out is did he disappear between the house and the subway i, I see where you subway and the bus or the subway and the yeah. walk um I think I can, I think I can manage that without really uh, drawing any sort of suspicion. Because we can also ask if, if let's say he, we find out the route that he walked, there may be store people along the way that saw him every day as he walked by. Maybe they would say, "Oh yeah, we saw him the other day," and this big black car pulled up, and they grabbed him and pulled him inside. But now, wouldn't somebody report that? Though? Not necessarily. Can I, New York. <laughs> can I have Tommy give me an intelligence roll? Ninety-six. <laughs> Do you want to push the roll? Sure. Hey, a 10. They're talking about, you know, someone that saw him every single day. Someone, you know, someone that would, you know, know his commute. 
who's better than the neighborhood watch? The, the old lady. lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although. Yeah. Okay. I was just going to say, I mean, if she's watching him from across the street, she would have only seen him leave the house. She wouldn't have known what happened to him between when he got on the train or not. So so my thinking is still going back to the very original is we still don't know if he got to work at all. So like, to me, that should be number one. You just, we need to just go to the office and say, did he show up for work that morning? Well, I, I, I thought we could possibly do it a little more subtly. If we had... Um the details of the, the, the most recent project he was working on, which should be in his study, then we could ask to see the architect responsible for that project. And if they say, well, he's not here, which of course they will, because he's not there, then uh, we can just lead lead into that naturally and just say, well, um, uh, when, when did you last see him? Is there any way I can get in touch with him? It's rather urgent. And that that might be a, a a way of easing in, without without um, raising any suspicion. It's very likely too that if in that in that office, too. it's it's very likely too that if he did disappear, they already have that they've got that in their head. You say when was the last time you saw him, and they're like, a lot of people are calling and asking about him. I mean, he was a, had a job, so they'd know the answer. Hmm. Yeah, he he's been gone since. Whenever. That doesn't tell us though necessarily that he came in that day. Mm. Um, I think I think Tommy's right. We need to ask somebody at the office if he showed up that day. Yeah, there must there must be someone in the office who's who was his friend. I mean, someone you know, uh, someone someone must be concerned. If not one of the people who work with him, one of the secretaries, or could we just call his office? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say earlier. We, we we keep trying to like sneak about and disguise ourselves, and like we're investigators, we're investigating a person who disappeared, and like it's a right, simple right. question. You know, but by I mean? by by sneaking around, or as you call it, sneaking around, um, we're able to probably see it from a outsider's point of view, particularly if somebody who might be involved with his disappearance may be trying to hide something. And if they know that they're being watched by someone or that somebody's asking questions, they'll try to hide it yeah. as well. But if, if, but if it's on the phone, they're, they're not going to know who's on the other end of the phone, are they? Yeah, yeah. but they might have orders. So or well, wait, wait. What piece of information do we want to know? How was he there that day? Did he come into the office? They're going to answer that question. They don't need to know who we are. True, but they can answer it falsely. And over the phone, you can't really. Why would they answer it falsely? If they were told to. Then if they were going to answer it falsely, how do you expect to get the right answer? But we, well, we wouldn't you, know well, any of that unless we actually phoned them up. Well, I mean, what I'm saying here is it's, it's a little different to talk to somebody over the phone and you can't pick up on their body language. I mean, you particularly, uh, Hawk, you know, you're, you're good at reading people. Um, face to face, you can tell whether or not somebody is attempting to... to it's uh, just a uh, guess, though. 
we still wouldn't know. We would have a guess. Yeah, but your guess, I, I will say that your your guess are are uh, pretty spot on most of the time. Oh, so. please, they're not really. They're just I just cover every base. Um, I think that we should just call over there and say, uh, uh, yes, I'm uh, I'm one of the people he's been consulting about his architectural stuff. Um, I'm trying to reach him. When was the last time he was there? And they'll just say last Friday, whatever. And if if they say he was there the day that we're that we wonder if he came into the office, then I don't think he went into the. I mean, this is just a guess, but if he went into the office, then wouldn't we already know that? Because that'd be part of the information we got from Finley. He came into the office, but he never left, or he left, or he'd have a hundred people saying, "Yeah, they saw him come in, only he left." Hmm. We've never asked Finley. Well, he should have given us all of the information. <laughs> it's not like he's like withholding. Every, every investigator hopes that everyone just freely gives up information. Mr. Finley, where where is Timothy? Oh, you never asked me that. Yeah, he's just over there. Yeah, he's, he's, he's in the garden shed. He pops out every now and then and stares at the fence. Did you not see him? <laughs> so, all right. Um, we've only got about four minutes left. Do we want to call it there, or do you want to cut to the next morning and have someone call in? Let's let's let's, let's cut it there because um, I, I can tell that this might. Um, get more in depth yeah i think we should we should all go to bed um i i still want to um check to see if there has been any sort of sign of supernatural activity okay well henry you can sleep in here with me in case something happens because i'm kind of scared i'm joking and I guess, and I said, well, I am <laughs> off, so I will see you guys All right. in the morning. See you later, Fowler. All right. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so we've Not cut. Talk about Fowler. So we've cut the night. Do we, like I said, do we want to, do we want to end the episode there or do we want to call in? Really, I think we should start in the morning uh, next time. Okay. First thing. Okay. All right. All right. That's a good spot to, to break. Yeah, it's a perfect spot. I'm all creeped out. Our players included Mick Swan, Jeff Wilkins, Corey Highstead, Ken Trench, Wayne Worthy, and myself, with Thomas McKeon as the Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. Uh, we did get a new patron this week. Uh, his name was simply Gene, so I don't know what his last name is. He's pledged $10 a month, which is very generous. Thank you so much, Gene. Thank you, Gene. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We love reading them. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.